episode can you believe that uh, it's been a long road I guess you could say to the end of the season uh, it's kind of wild to think that this is episode 39 considering all the games I've covered uh, all the guests I've had the pleasure of talking to it's been a very fulfilling season and it's, I, I feel a sense of uh, happiness, I guess, being able to do this show as it is, but I won't dwell too much in all that stuff because I want to talk about the game of tonight. And it's a game I think not many people can understand. I think some people, a lot of my old head listeners, can understand the importance of this franchise. But I think it's important to talk about it, talk about the various entries, and I'll definitely talk more about this franchise as I go along with this show. I mean, I use I use music from this show. I've used I used I use a screenshot from the intro movie of this game as the podcast's uh, little thumbnail. Uh, it, re- this, it really means a lot to me, and I really wanted to base the show off this. But yeah, I think I'm going to try my best solo to explain why. I love Ridge Racer 5 so much. I'm doing this solo. I haven't done this since the two solo episodes I did back all the way in the beginning of the season with uh, the Parappa and Vibribbon episode and the SSX Trilogy episode, which I'm very... I I still love those episodes. They were a mixture of a necessity at the time to plan future episodes, but also I wanted to try my hand at doing sort of a solo endeavors because I know not everyone has played every game that I have played and I think it's safe to say that I think I only know one mutual who has played Ridge Racer 5 and I feel like I'm one of the few people that speaks highly on it you know Ridge Racer as a franchise is very important to not only the racing genre I think to the story of games, as it were, I mean, Ridge Racer has sort of been there at the start of many consoles when they first come in on the scene. I mean, Ridge Racer 1 came out with the PlayStation 1. Ridge Racer 5 came out with the PlayStation 2. Ridge Racer 6 came out with the 360. Ridge Racer 7 was with the PS3. Uh, Ridge Racers, that's right, plural, Ridge Racers, 
came out with the PSP at launch. So this franchise is always there at the start of so many consoles. And I feel like, in a way, gaming isn't the same without Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer has such a pure aura that sort of hovers around it in every entry that I think that no matter where you jump in, I think you'll feel this kinetic energy that kind of circles it and rotates around its nucleus, <laughs> I guess you could say. But uh, I'd rather get into it, so I'm going to turn on the PS2. Uh, Ridge Racer 5 came out on the PS2 launch day, so October 26, 2000. This is one of the handful of games, much like the original SSX, that came out with the console. So imagine back in that fateful October day and you went to your local game store and this was one of the games that awaited you. So I, I love the setup to five where it sets up this fictitious radio station Ridge City FM where you get to see the beautiful brand new flashy CG intro all done in real time with the new beautiful girl defining this game Aifukami who is the mascot of this season in a way she's our our guide into the great unknown of the PS2 PS2 is more detailed, it's more in more there's more depth to be found in the games. It's an exciting new horizon and I love that Ridge 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 Racer was one of these games that kind of lured you in to the sort of magic of it all. So one thing that I've always loved about Ridge Racer, and I more started with 4 than anything, was Ridge Racer really established a look to every game. So I'm sure some of you have seen like Ridge Racer 4's art floating around online. I'm turning the volume down just a teeny bit right now. But yeah, I'm sure you've seen Ridge Racer 4's aesthetic everywhere. I've posted about it God knows how many times in the past few years. I've been on Twitter. And it has such a clean, sort of urban look to it all, but it feels so, like, also kind of classical at the same time, and so it was really a breath of fresh air, and it kind of uh, rode in line with something like the Gran Turismo series, which was also making a name for itself at the time, and racing games at the time were going through a interesting new frontier, as it were because even though they had existed prior to the advent of 3D, they really kind of felt like just like cheap imitations of what we assumed racing could be. You know, you would have stuff like Lotus Challenge on like the Genesis and it tried to replicate the look of 3D, but it wasn't 3D. It wasn't what we wanted a racing game to be. So then, fast forward just a little bit, and suddenly Ridge Racer 1 and the PlayStation 1 came out, and now cars have never been rendered in a way we thought were possible. They're fully 3D, and they have kind of close engine sounds, they had a pizzazz and energy behind them. You know, you can sort of credit the 
introduction of CD audio into the factor that just added that extra layer of just, you know, fire behind it all. You had other entries like the Need for Speed's introduction into the industry. Which, funny enough, the Need for Speed was a 3DO game when it came out, which is still baffling. It's one of the few 3DO games that survived that console's sort of blip of existence. But you had, like, Need for Speed, you had, like, Sega Rallies of the World, and Ridge Racers of the World, who were kind of, like, dipping the toe and introducing the larger collective into what racing could be for the future. In Ridge Racer's case, you saw this, you know, you saw, you saw the thought process of Namco at the time. You know, Ridge Racer was just a pure arcade racer at its initial conception. It was just merely about racing one track with a few variations with only like four cars available to you with like seven songs that would accompany you for the entire duration of the experience and it wasn't really anything more than just like a like a tease of what they could do and in and the immediate follow-up revolution was more or less more of the same it really wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel just more like okay what can we do to like slightly add more to it all but then you saw that namco was beginning to experiment what could racing be as we get more accustomed to our sort of technology and our understanding of what racing games mean in this current time frame in the mid late 90s so you had stuff like rage racer which were or rave racer which were starting to add their own style to it you know i always look at rage racer which i know some people will point to rage racer as being kind of like a, a strange little moment for the franchise because a little bit more heavy it's more muted it's more like it's like intricate in its design but you still see like unique flourishes that they thought like well how can we elevate the experience and eventually led to something like four like i mentioned you know ridge racer type four really was the venture into like cars not merely as just a simple gameplay idea but cars as a avenue into the like and I know it might sound like I'm exaggerating, but who cares? It, it was starting to dip its toes into the idea of cars, the extension of the person. You know, I don't know how many people, I'm assuming most people, you know. <laughs> I looked at my stats. Most of you are men listening to my show. Shocker. And I know a lot of you drive cars in real life. And the car is really the greatest gateway tool ever created because it lets us be free it lets us sort of experience true bliss in a way that on the day-to-day -day we don't really process because you know we're just like trying to get to wherever we need to go but if you think about it the fact that we can get to where we need to go without a care in the world per se is like an amazing feeling that just feels so true to us as people and i feel i mean granted maybe i'm the i'm the crazy person in this case but i feel like you know everyone has like that desire to sort of take the car to its logical dream dreamscape and as racing games matured in the 3d space and they got more and more popular and you saw things like gran turismo invent the idea of a game being a love letter to cars itself sort of take off we really got to see racing games kind of explode in all types of rhyme or reason i mean I talked about it earlier in the season. It's like Need for Speed Underground. You know, that is sort of coming from 
a place where Ridge Racer started. Like, now Need for Speed Underground is sort of taking this small subsect of the culture and turning it into a way for us to love and respect the automobile. You obviously see, like, Gran Turismo continuing further and further into this sort of... Uh, not uh, purgatory might be like a harsh word to describe it, but it's like the showroom as sort of the white fluffy cloud uh, destination of just like it, time and space and reality have disappeared. And it's only about the cars. It's only about learning how to get the most of them, learning the history and all that stuff. And, you know, there's no people other than you and other racers and it's just all about automobiles but then you have something more monkey brain like burnout where burnout is this sort of uh actualization of the simple concept of man i wish i could get into a car crash or cause a car crash but have none of the ramifications for it in real life and so you know you had something in the ps2 you had the burnout series kind of take the idea of that like you know mongoloid monkey brain concept that i think lies in all of us and you know the ps2 era is really where the racing game really racing game genre just really flourished in a way that really to me is so beautiful i the ps2 even though I had a PS1, and that's technically my first console, the PS2 was really the one that I took notice to things. I took an understanding of visuals, to sound design, to level design, game design, story, whatever you want to say about a game. And it's like, what was the one sort of genre of game that my mom would let me play that was uh, not above a teen rating when I was like eight years old? And it's the racing genre. And so I have such fond, like, beautiful memories of being a kid and booting up a PS2 and just, like, thinking about what racing game I could, like, just sort of escape into and become fully enraptured in. And Ridge Racer 5 is definitely one of these. I mean, the fact that it features so heavily for the show's aesthetic, down from music to the thumbnail. I mean, I think it speaks cl clearly why I adore this game. So, you know, I've been talking for like 15 minutes on the main menu, so I, I won't dilly-dally, as it were. But the main menu is kind of beautiful, where it's that 2000s design of just bubbles on the screen and a silhouette of Ike Fukami doing some poses. That's all you need, like... She is, like, tempting you to enter the world of Ridge Racer, to enter Ridge City, and it's just, it's so elegant and clean, and it's not done in the very boring, minimalist way of modern day. Like, this still has, like, flair and charm to it, where they thought this out. Like, every silhouette is a different color from, like, this sort of, sort of deep purple to a teal turquoise to just a gray silhouette every little choice just feels purposely done and and the ui is just so purposely made even down to like loading your file which is what i'm on it's just this floating cube of data which feels so emblematic and true to what like loading a game off of memory card it's like you're holding you're holding all your in, your knowledge and history in this little cube and and i love that you know rich ridge racer is just like you know if you load a file it recaps all you've done like how many miles you've driven how what's your car number your color you know and mind you you guys can hear like this like beautiful symphony music with the the announcer just announcing your car and it's like this all these beautiful lights just kind of flaring on the car and it's so it, 
It's like the car is appearing out of the ether and the engine too, where the, the engine's highly detailed. It's, oh man, it just, it's so good. A game, racing games don't have this flair for the dramatic anymore. It's all very, like, bog standard. And... I don't know, it's like... Rarely does a game ever... Gotta, okay, so it's like... Even when you get into your save file of how each mode of the game has its own animated logo, you know... Like the design tab is just this like rainbow forming out of some lines, or the garage is like this sound wave kind of emanating from your car into like a shield of a garage, or the race tab forms like the outline of a of like a race outline map or whatever it's called and every bit of the interaction with it feels so thought out like think of any game nowadays where the menu and inter in menu interaction is so like by the books like um I, I'm blanking on the word, but it's just like when the refinement culture, where it's like we, we can't have anything that would stand out. We need things to just kind of be out of the way. And it's Ridge Racer 5 is just like, we're out of your way just enough, but not too enough. It's like navigating the, the UI and the menu is like, you know, you're descending further and getting closer and closer to Ridge City itself. And I like how the music's dynamic where it like removes parts as you get further and further and then now we're I'm on the car select. And... still feels like oh you're you're getting ready you're getting ready for something really fantastical ahead you know, and right now on the save file on the extra gp on the grand prix i only have two cars the kamada and the himmel like ridge racers never had real cars they've all been uh, approximations of real cars but they still feel like grounded enough in our reality like the himmel feel looks like a Porsche, sort of. If you know what a Porsche 911 Turbo looks like, that's what my Himmel looks like. And one of my absolute favorite things about Ridge Racer 5 is that when you're right about to start the race, it gives you an, a bird's eye view of the race itself. You, you basically drive the... Uh, the course itself from a bird's eye view and it's such a cool detail it 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 kind of weirdly reminds me of like metal gear solid where it's just like or any one of those or like i was playing ace combat 7 last night it's like ace combat has this like top gun-esque like mission briefing segment and Tracer 5 has that for some reason it's like it's just a race why would i need all this superfluous detail on top of it but like once it's gone then you're wondering like well, where was it like why did you take it away and even Ridge Race later Ridge Racers like 6 and 7 kind of like toned down on this stuff but those games have their own charm that's unique of their time of 2005 and 2006 and one day I'll cover those. Not right now, but one day I will. But, you know, you have this bird's eye view of the track, and then, you know, much like Ridge Racer, you can pitch, pick what song you want, and you have, you know, you have your ten songs, one of which I will select is the, the opening, which is what you heard in its totality. I say this now, I'm not sure if editing me uh, did that, but... Uh, as you know, I use Euphoria from this game as the intro, and I think it's the best song. It's the best feeling of this era. And another thing, so yeah, I love how 
the look of the racetracks too, where it's like just past sunset or sunrise. It's just as sunset is about to end, or it's right at like that early dawn dusk. It's just so cool. Love how the announcer is just like always talking to you, announcing what you're doing, and he's that lovely sort of announcer from a Japanese game where he's speaking English to you, but like for whatever reason, whether it be his like voice director or him himself, English is like his second language. So he's like enunciating words that are like not how we would, which kind of goes with the look and feel of this game being like a digital world that you're just like now engaged with like maybe you'll hear it later but it's like if you bump into a racer it's just like whoa that was too close for comfort it's like who says it like that what kind of deranged psycho would say comfort but you know this guy does apparently I love how alive this world is, like where you see helicopters and planes flying overhead. And also, Gran Turismo has this too, because it has, you know, it has tracks set in Japan, even though, like, it's not Ridge City, Japan. But clearly it's, like, Tokyo to some extent. But I just... There's something special about racing games that have, like, Tokyo racetracks. It just feels right. You know, it just speaks to my, my, uh, Fast and the Furious, like, brain, I guess. I wonder if I, I, I know other people feel this way. Because, like, I know for a fact that other people who play racing games always, like, point out how, like, racing on the, like, Tokyo-inspired tracks is the best part of certain games like there's the special stages in Gran Turismo 1 and 2 where it's like soaked in this blue nights you know night sky that's like utterly gorgeous to see especially on a PS1 mind you where like you didn't have the benefit of modern technology where it's like we can with the you know the 14 terafucks of our system can let us do realistic lighting and dynamic lighting it's like Nothing matches an artist sort of handcrafting how street lamps look over your car. Like, the mixture of like letting your console create something, but also your own hands dictating the look and feel creates something unique and special. And I miss that dearly. Like, I miss just like, like a, I miss like these racing games that were a mixture of real world sort of shapes and images and sounds and locations, but they weren't real per se. Sure, you can have a game, like I'll mention Gran Turismo a lot in this episode, so bear with me on that regard. But, like, Gran Turismo has real-world locations in it. All because, you know, it's all about simulation and all replicating real life, has real cars, all that stuff. But it still finds a way to, like, interject sort of its own handcrafted universe into its DNA, where you have, like, Trial Mountain is a famous track. But, yeah. I finished second in this race. Another thing of... Because this was a thing in the PS3 era. No, people forget. It's like... High quality replay modes were such a beautiful thing back in the day that no one talks about. Seeing, seeing your, like, race kind of replayed to you in dynamic... Like, kinetic camera angles is so satisfying. And you get to marvel all the sort of different car models that they created for this game. You see, you really get a sense of just how fast you really were going as you're just effortlessly drifting around these corners. Like if you're, you just see like sparks fly, smoke clouds. 
burst from the back of your car, your headlights turn on when they go into the tunnels. It just feels so, like, there's such a pure, raw energy at play when you watch back a race replay. And I don't, I feel like Zoomers just don't get it. I mean, sure, I know that modern racing games have, like, brought back quality 60 frames per second replays. I'm not saying that they were completely vaporized, but there was a time and period where it's like the replay mode was kind of neglected by certain franchises. It's like replay modes matter. They they kind of put the bow on that race that you just had. They allows you to kind of admire everything that you didn't see or you weren't focusing on. You know, I can speak for it myself. I'm kind of amazed that I'm talking more now than I was in the earlier solo episodes. It's like when a racing game, I get so focused. I get so concentrated on my my sort of my inputs, how I'm going to approach a situation, all that stuff. And Ridge Racer, mind you, especially Ridge Racer Five, it's not like a forgiving game. If you bump into a wall or you bump uh, an opponent, you could be you could screw yourself. You know. Ridge Racer does not have real-world car uh, physics, so if you bump into another car, they get slingshotted forward. If you hit a wall, you come to a careening stop. And, you know, the AI's, like, perfect little princess and doesn't make mistakes, so one fuck-up could set you back. Especially in these Grand Prix where it's all about, you know, hitting a certain place and... You know, so I'm amazed that I can like talk well. If I'm if I like bring up a topic and I completely forget what I said, um, oh well, we're doing this live, and my brain is going in like five different directions at the moment. I'm just kind of rattling off like a crazy person why I love this silly racing game. It's like. I'm going through the soundtrack and like I'm gonna this is the next song I wanted to play. This was originally gonna be the original intro for the show, which is called Junks. It's all about finding the correct song was a process. But Euphoria hopefully you guys could hear it through my talking. But once you play this game and experience Euphoria in a race you'll get where I'm coming from. And the second track is set at night, and it's, you know, it's set in Ridge City, so you get all the beautiful, the building, buildings just lit up, and, you know, the different floors are lit up, and it's just, ah, it's such a cool location. And I'm glad that, like, I know it's so simple and it's like, duh, of course, like, why would they even think about excluding something like this? This is just, you know, that's how things operate in the real world. When it's nighttime, you know, of course, you know, floors are lit up, but like, you, uh, I'm screwing up because I haven't played this, I haven't done this track at night in a long time. And something about Ridge Racer 5 that some people don't like, I don't mind it, in fact it only endears me to it, is that because of the rendering technique, which was called field rendering, uh, Ridge Racer has a thing called the Jaggies, where everything looks sharp and not uh, clean. And it's funny too because uh, Namco put out Tekken Tag Tournament the same day as Ridge Racer 5. They were both launch games. But Tekken Tag Tournament does not have that problem. But it's, you know, I'm not, and I'm also not playing on a CRT, so like my like eyes are trying to like focus, trying to parse like where turns are so I'm trying to be like look
I'm fighting for my life against this AI for fourth place. I have to get third place. I'm in fifth, and there's only one more lap to go. Good lord, I'm not going to qualify. I'm a fake gamer. As you can hear, I'm getting focused now because it's like I have to get third place or else I have or else I fuck up. Oh, another small little detail because this is Namco and Namco loves referencing its other IPs within their own games. So when you hit like a, a time checkpoint, you just see Pac-Man chasing ghosts across the corner of the screen. Such a cute little detail. I'm like right behind third place, so it's about to get real up in here. I'm gonna fuck. Ridge Racer's drift mechanics are so different. Because you have to like let up on the gas and then hit it again to like get a drift started. So precision oriented. And there's certain turns in, in this map where it's just like, these are some sharp ass turns. And being careful is not going to do you any favors. I'm still hitting. You can hear the controller vibrating as I'm like crashing into walls. Animated the announcers. Uh, yeah, thanks, announcer. The announcer's like, yeah, you almost lost it, fuckhead. But was it ever in doubt? Probably not. But yeah, there's so much just love and care into this game that, like, you look at something today like Horza. Not Horza. Forza Horizon 5, where it's like, yeah, it's a good game, and it's got good mechanics, but where is the charm other than sort of cleaned up, sort of cool, hip, teen, like, zoomer aesthetics? Like, there's there's nothing there at, underneath it all. There's no passion behind it. You look at something like Ridge Racer 5, and there's a lot of passion behind it. Even something like Ridge Racer 7, which is much more subdued, still has a clear vision behind it outside of its racing mechanics. And I, I hold this belief, and I've said it before, I think, on a, other episodes, like, Ridge Racer going away has caused damage to gaming as a, as a, as a whole, and people don't realize that. The PS4 generation had a shaky-ass start, and guess which was not there like every other PlayStation generation? A Ridge Racer. Is it a coincidence? Is it me being a bitter old gamer? Possibly both. But, I really hold this belief. Zoomers don't understand that like Ridge Racer sets, has set the tone for generations. When you play a Ridge Racer, you're getting a glimpse into the future. Like, this is what the next five or six years, at the minimum, your console will be like. Racing games are such a great avenue into seeing what the future holds for your system. I mean, that's why with every console launch, Usually there will be a racing game right there at launch to kind of be like, here's a glimpse into what we could do with this system. And the PS4 had Need for Speed Rivals. A solid enough game, but it ain't Ridge Racer 8, let me tell you. If there was a Ridge Racer 8 with the PS4, I think the PS4 might have been a much better game system but it's like going back in time and realizing like 
the games that I bought when I was standing in line outside of Best Buy in like 30 degree weather as like it was just about the snowstorm. It's like, oh yeah, I was getting a PS4 for an Assassin's Creed game, arguably one of the better ones to be honest. It's like Assassin's Creed in a Madden game, Madden 25. And good lord, I could not tell you what the other game I got at launch, like physically. I think it might have been just those two. But if that's any indicator of how weak the PS4 was, whew, I don't know what else I could tell you. It only it took till like what 2015 when Bloodborne came out to like prove that the system wasn't like mediocre. What was I going to do, buy Killzone Shadowfall at launch? No, ma'am. That was not a captivating experience for me at the time. It was not, like, Killzone 2. A much more interesting game on many levels than, like, you know, what it became and eventually, you know, what that studio became with it, my, uh, the mortal enemy of the show Horizon, the Horizon franchise. I'm amazed I'm doing better this race than last time, but I do attribute it to the fact this race has is set during the sunset so I can see better. But I love, some might view this as like a detriment, but like Ridge Racer is always kind of set in like one location with different track variations. But I like how every entry kind of as a as a result, now Ridge Racer 4 was like kind of the unique little snowflake out of the bunch because it had unique track locations that took place outside of the city. But I like how just sort of having one location and just sort of fleshing out said location just really makes that look, that place feel so thought out. Ridge City feels like a place, even though it's trying to be like the illusion of a real location, it's like there are no people walking the street. <laughs> this city was made for drivers <laughs> at its core. It was designed uh, not for living, but to drive in, which feels so like... It feels so just like true of like driving your own car. It's like, what would, how would I design a racetrack out of my own hometown or my home city? How would I make like a race course out of this? And Ridge Racer kind of is that, that, that idea made real. I could be talking out of my ass, by the way. I'm just like rattling off thoughts in my brain I've had about Ridge Racer 5 for the better part of a few years now, especially the past few months with the show, it's like, how was I going to think about this? Like, because I know for a fact that when people see racing game, they don't see depth. They just see, like, they see just the simplistic concept that it is. It's racing. You're going from point A to point B. You're trying to be first place. Like, what else is there to this experience other than that? But to me, racing games all exhibit something amazing. They speak to something, at least in me, that just feels so pure to, like, the heart of gaming, where, like, mechanics lead into... They lead into experiences, and those said experiences leave memories in your mind and as a whole shape your idea of what a game could be. I, feel, I mean, I feel like Ridge Racer 5, in a sense, because I talked about SMT3 recently on Zach's show, I'm So Popular, and it's like, Ridge Racer 5 is like the origin point. I mean, it literally was. It was the first PS2 game ever made. It was the first one to go gold. 
And it, it there feels like there's a connection. I know that's crazy to say for some people. Like, why is a silly racing game leading to a very demonic, evil game? But it's like... And I think I mentioned this with Z uh, Jack all the way back in the season premiere. It's like PS2 felt so radically, like, mind-expanding at the time. And it still does, too. Where it's just this, like... V 70s VHS box all black just sitting in your corner when you boot it up you are teleported into the tower data towers and you are just like sucked into something that is not real I guess you could put it that way and Ridge Racer kind of feels like that first step into what games were like for this console I mean Twisted Metal Black shares DNA in some regard, other than, you know, cars, obviously. But there is, like, a connective tissue that, like, Twisted Metal Black shares with Ridge Racer 5, or SSX does, or, uh, like, Max Payne, you know, Shadow of the Colossus, like, all these sort of beautiful, unique experiences. I would argue, like, Ridge Racer 5 was that initial, like, taking the first step into a new exciting horizon the race is about to start we're bringing you this race today alright I gotta finish first in order to win this one Let's see if I can do this don't know if I can do it I mean I believe in myself I have not seen this format of track in a, in a hot minute, so it's the classic Ridge Racer track too, like this is the one you would play when you boot up Ridge Racer 1 on your PS1. It's not complex like the previous one, it's not at, it's not at night like the second one, it's coming back to a, like a full circle moment for the franchise, for just... Alright, I'm in sixth place. I, my, my commentary might be a little bit lacking this, this one, just because I have to get first to win this. Win or lose, I'll be fine. I might try to do it after the recording. But it's just like... This is a simple track. I'm already, I'm only fifth place, one lap in. I don't think I'm doing that good. The announcer's like, fuck you, you asshole. Stop driving like an idiot. not get the cornering right. I keep bumping into walls. Alright, I'm in third. I'm in third. First place is still kind of fucked up. I should have passed second. I keep hitting... Oh my god. Am I going to rage on this episode? Am I going to be the rage racer? Alright, I'm in second on the final lap. I have to pass first place. This will be interesting. I, I, I can feel my body starting to like really hone in. Like where it's just like... I'm getting tenser. This is like the podcast version of a Let's Play. Ah, you hit the wall. I'm like right there too. Ah, I fucked it up. I lost. <laughs> I tried to take the inside curve and it fucked me up. You know what? I'm not going to be a little bitch. I'm going to... 
I'm gonna try. Oh, 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 oh. I almost. Uh, that, that one turn fucked me up. Do I have to retry from the beginning? Okay, thank God, no. If I did, I would have I I ended the episode there. I think I have two more retries. I don't remember. Okay, I learned my mistakes. Okay, retry. Pretend that the first try was not real. We're going, we're going for gold. I already fucked up. Honestly, the beginning part of Ridge Racer races are so stress-inducing because it's like the AI is all crowded together. They're all like kind of on the same path. And if like you're not too sure if like you're right next to them and if one bump will send you careening to the Shadow Realm. Okay, I'm doing better. I'm in f third going into the second lap. That's better than last time. God, I love how just... Off topic, but I love how just like every little bump on the road is just... You feel it. DualShock. Even DualShock 2, which is so antiquated nowadays. Especially with like... Something like haptic feedback, which is what the PS5 has on its controller. That honestly is amazing to feel. It legit feels like a next step up. But DualShock 2 always feels right at home to me because it's such a simplistic rotary motor. So it just, it shakes that controller. It, it shakes that controller hard. Okay, I'm in solid second place going into the final lap. Like, I can see first place. Alright, I'm in first. If I can make the next few turns... Alright, I'll be... F I'll win this. Yeah. Oh. I jinxed myself. Second place is right on my ass. I could hear. I could just. I felt a thud. I was like, oh great, he's right there. But yeah, DualShock 2 shakes the entire fucking controller when you hit any bump in this game and it just feels up. Oh, that kind of feels like how a racing car would feel like in real life. It just shakes your entire body. Alright, I got this. And we did it, gamers. We did it. And I get a sub-minute lap. Let's pretend that first try didn't didn't exist. Congratulations! The announcer's nasally voice. You're a true champion. I love that. I got little. I got a cute little trophy out of it. Look at me go. It only. <laughs> Let's forget that the first try even existed. All right. Let's overwrite that data. And I got a car out of it. Okay. Here's the latest update on your team status. Check it out. Check it out. Oh, I got a new music track. I got a new car and a new engine. This is your new car. This is a race spec version of the EPO that's been modded for high speed competition. Let you all hear that. Such a good song. It's such a nice car too. And I got a new engine. 
the HM36TO. 3600cc, six, six, uh, six gears. But that's in a gist, like, I know people back in the day, like, critiqued, they critiqued this game for having not much in the way of, it didn't have much in the way of content like especially coming off four where it had like a story mode attached to it and it had like it wasn't like advanced storytelling but it was good it was it was good for the time but like so like when you go to five and it takes that out like you kind of wonder it's like oh where did it go Consider this like that bad thing in this case, because it's steel. It's not steel. It still feels like a fully complete idea that was sold to people. Like if I were to just say like, "Oh, this game is not as good because it's missing content from the last one." It's like. Games don't all need to, like, keep adding on things in order to sort of elicit the desired score, I guess. I can think of certain games where, or, you know, I've played games where the content was less than, like, future entries or previous entries, and yet it still felt like I got my money's worth. And now, granted, I'm speaking from playing this, where I got it for like $10. So, of course, my money was worth it. It's like I wasn't paying $50 like you were back in the day for this. But even if I got this for $50, I would be happy. Because it's just that beautiful synergy of visuals, music, gameplay all tied up in this beautiful little bow. This wonderful gift that gaming got, which was the PS2. It's the great, it is the greatest system in my eyes. PlayStation should just made the PS2 too. Life's, life's issues would have been solved if we had just literally made a sequel to the PS2. Just like We really, gaming, I know it's the common term, like, thing to say amongst people online. It's like, gaming, gaming was always better back in that day, and I, there is truth to that. There are certain games today that come out and are genuinely fantastic, but you weren't getting the, the quality hit after hit after hit like it wore back in the day with this. Like... PS2 might have not launched with, like, stellar games. This and Tekken Tag Tournament and SSX were probably your best bets back in the day. Like, what are we going to do, get Smuggler's Run? It's a good game, but it's not an amazing experience by any means. But, like, a, less than a year later, you're getting, like, Final Fantasy X, Devil May Cry one, you're getting Twisted Metal Black, you're getting Jack and Daxter, like, Gran Turismo 3, GTA 3, like, these stalwarts and titans of the industry, and Ico, like, these stalwart titans of the industry that defined so many people's lives, myself included. We ain't getting that nowadays. Whether that be a mix of creative bankruptcy, the real reality that games take longer to make nowadays, like, whatever you want to blame it on, 
we, we as a gaming society peaked with the PS2. We, we've been building to it for years. And I think for me, Ridge Racer 5 symbol, symbolizes the great horizon that games represent, even old and new. Simplistic or complex, singular linear experiences, open world, genres, you know, from narrative-driven story games to driving, racing games to fighting games to shooting to car combat, first-person parkour, multiplayer shooters, third-person, you know, whatever you want to be, like, Ridge for 5 to me is like gaming at its most pure and brilliant form. It, it was the gateway to a, an amazing future. It symbolizes so much of what I understand of games as a whole. And whether or not you think the same about this like me, because I know people will say all oh, their entries in the series are better, especially when 4 exists. And I, as I said, I'll get to 4 one day. But to me, 5 is much more than just a racing game. It's a glimpse into a brighter and better future. A historical piece of something brilliant. And, well... I think that's all I can really say about this game. Hopefully it all made sense. <laughs> but I want to thank you all for listening to this little solo endeavor. We have one more episode after this. It's a big one. But I hope you all will join me after this one more time. And see this place Thank you.